Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bed and Bray podcast here for Thursday, December 30th. And we already talked about what we're going to be doing for this week's show. Once again, talking about some NFL football. With Week 17, the Niners, of course, taking on the Houston Texans. But before we get into our thoughts on that game, we got to recap what happened last week. And same story, different week for us because we ended up splitting. We ended up losing with the Niners minus the points, but we did win with the under as the Niners lost by three points to Tennessee on Thursday Night Football. Now, I can't call it a bad beat for an actual push. I mean, for yeah, for a push. It looked like we were going to potentially sweep because the Niners were up 10-0 at the end of the first half, and the game was definitely going under. It was really never in doubt. But the Niners then fell apart in the second half. Uh, You had a field goal by Tennessee, followed by an interception by Garoppolo on the first play of the drive. Then Tennessee scored again. Then Tennessee took a lead. And then you ended up having Jimmy G, who rallied the troops and organized a game-tying touchdown drive with about uh, five minutes to go. And he ended up scoring. The drive took about two and a half or two or really around three minutes. And yeah, then the Tennessee Titans got the ball back. San Francisco's defense couldn't hold. Titans won in a game winning field goal. And that was the story. So Tennessee won 20 to 17. Really a brutal loss for San Francisco. When you're competing for a playoff spot and you're up 10 points and the other team looks like it's doing absolutely nothing for the first 30 minutes of the game, you got to close the deal. And when you even manage to get the offense to wake up for once in the second half, and then the defense immediately blows the final drive, a lot of missed opportunities, let's put it that way. But to go through the actual stats for both teams, go through the Niners first. Garoppolo, 322 passing yards, one touchdown, two picks. uh, Sacked twice, QBR of 44.3. Two brutal interceptions. That really just summed up the game. I know that the final drive, or... Technically the final drive, because you had one play for the hook and ladder at the end, but it was realistically the final drive San Francisco had, and he led them down the field. It was a hell of a drive, good job by him to bounce back, but we got to talk about those interceptions, because that terrible red zone pick to Kittle, intended to Kittle, I should say, was an absolute disaster, because worst case is you're getting three there. The one thing you can't do is force it. 
And not only did Garoppolo force it to somebody who was basically double teamed, but the Tennessee guy was also front guarding him. So he threw it directly into the lap of the Tennessee defender, and it was intercepted. And then Garoppolo ended up having that awful interception to start the second half, where Tennessee kicked a field goal, decently long drive, but they ended up being limited to three. You still got a seven-point lead. Tennessee really can't move the ball. First play, interception, return to San Francisco's 18-yard line, and Tennessee scored. So Garoppolo took three points minimum off the board in the first offensive uh, drive with that interception, or the second offensive drive, I should say. And then on top of that, you had him gift Tennessee seven points by giving them the possession inside of the red zone. So those were not ideal. Garoppolo had to throw it a lot. He threw it 35 times, but that's because Tennessee's rush defense is really, really good. I said that on yes in last week's video, I, or uh, podcast, I should say. I thought that Wilson was going to struggle a bit. I thought he'd look okay because of volume, and that's kind of what happened. He ended up having 45 rushing yards, one touchdown, which was on the opening drive. He had what felt like 40 yards in the first half and then about five the rest of the game. He did absolutely nothing. But for the actual receiving core, Kittle did absolutely nothing. He ended up having 21 receiving yards and two receptions, so complete non-factor there. Ayuk had the touchdown, four receptions, 40 yards. But the story was once again Debo Samuel, who on the ground had 32 rushing yards on five carries in the receiving game had nine catches for 159 yards. So he was great. The issue the Niners seem to constantly run into is that Samuel and Kittle just both don't seem to have good games at the same time. It seems like they alternate. It's gotten a little bit better for the last couple of weeks, but we've seen Kittle go nuts on, a, on several occasions. Samuel's been pretty quiet. I know that he's had a couple of rushing touchdowns, in the passing game leading up to this game, he was struggling a bit the last couple of weeks, but he got back, he got back on track as Samuel really just carried the team, and he looked phenomenal once again. But looking at the defense, the defense was fine. You're going through the actual numbers here. Tannehill, 209 passing yards, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. QBR is 74.5, though, so the QBR was okay, but four sacks, less than 210 passing yards. You got to like your chances. The ground game for Tennessee did nothing. Uh, one rushing touchdown, but 90 yards on 24 attempts. It's 3.8 yards per carry. And you want to go through the actual uh, breakdowns here for the Niners, uh, especially the defensive line. I mean, I mentioned the four sacks, but Street had one, Abukam had one and a half, Al Shair had half, and you had Jordan Willis who had one. So. Different guys playing factors here. Bosa was kind of a non-factor, which was a surprise. He had one tackle for loss, and that was it. But the Niners played okay. The question you have to ask is how badly can you criticize a team for losing to a 10-5 and team or a 9-5 team at the time? Plus, A.J. Brown did come back, and Brown absolutely torched the secondary. First game back in about a month and change, 11 receptions, 145 yards, and one touchdown. They couldn't guard him, and he took over the entire second half. So... Where do you go from here when you're the Niners? And the answer is, hopefully the playoffs, but you probably need one more win. I think nine will get it done, especially since you have the tiebreaker win over the Eagles, which is huge because of the fact that the Eagles are potentially in possession of the wild card spot by season's end. They're in possession of it right now, but or at least the final one. But the Saints, of course, lost to the Dolphins. That's huge. You have the Vikings that lost, which is huge because both of them are also competing for wildcard spots. So the Niners should get in, but the only way they don't 
is obviously losing out. If they win one more, I think you can put you can just punch the ticket because I really expect one of the teams competing with the Niners for a wild card spot to falter, and I think that nine should get it done. But either way, looking at the Texans, they had the either biggest shocker for results uh, this season or at least top three because Houston really just took care of business against the Chargers. Now, both teams had some COVID issues, so keep that in mind. But the Chargers, of course, Justin Herbert leading the way, and he did not play well. 336 passing yards, mostly in garbage time. One touchdown, two picks, QBR of 46.3. Ekra was out. Jackson fared pretty well in relief, 64 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Team as a whole had 89 rushing yards, 4.2 yards per carry. So it was okay, but they had to abandon the run quickly as they fell behind early. And looking at the Texans, Davis Mills, pretty good. That's all I'm going to say, because you're looking at the actual uh, QB class from this past season, and Mills has been probably the second best. You can make an argument for the first, for the best, but he also was benched uh, for Tyra Taylor a couple of times, and I'm assuming Mac Jones is going to win Rookie of the Year. So I'll give Jones the number one QB in the last draft class spot. Mills is probably two. You go through his numbers – they're better than Lawrence. They're better than Wilson. He's He's been good. Uh, 2,200 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, 9 picks. But last couple of weeks, not bad. He's had two touchdowns in each of the last two games. He had over 200 passing yards in each of the last three. And, yeah, his QBR last week was 77.2. He looked good. There's really not much else to add there. And it was even more impressive because Brandon Cooks didn't even play. So you couldn't name half of the receivers on the actual roster. And they still managed to fare pretty well. Chris Connolly had a 41-yard touchdown catch. And the main offensive story, besides Mills going 21-27, was the ground game, which actually got going for once, as Rex Burkhead ended up having 22 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns. So he was great. The passing game was pretty good. So in other words, the balance was solid. You had to pick six to ice it late. But Houston, we know that this team is still not very good. They're 4-11. They're two and six at home. Good win. Not much else to add. They've actually won two in a row. So I do think that this team is, I don't want to say better than the record indicates, but they're not totally awful. And that's a step in the right direction. But the point is the Texans are playing solely for pride because we already know at four and 11, you're not making the playoffs. They got eliminated from the playoffs about five weeks ago, realistically, probably when the season started. But the Niners need this game. The Texans might be a little bit fat and happy after pulling off an upset against the Chargers. I am curious how this is going to play out, but for the sake of the actual betting numbers with the spread and the total, the Niners are obviously favored at home. They're favored by about 12 and a half, and the total in this one is 44. And the question that you got to ask yourself, because I just mentioned the motivation angle, I expect the Niners to win. Not a hot take. They're favored by a bunch of points, and they're a much better team than the Texans. However, do I want to lay double digits with a Niners team with an injured Garoppolo starting a quarterback because he has the finger issue? Not really. That is not something I plan on doing. So hold my nose, take the Texans. I think the Niners will win. I think it'll be by 7 or 10. I know they killed Atlanta by 18. Atlanta had a bunch of red zone opportunities that came up with no points. So that game was closer than the score indicated. 
Uh, they blew a lead against Cincinnati, but they won. Lost to Seattle, which was a pretty poor showing there. Um, the issue is they don't win by margin that much. You can just look at the actual wins this season. And comparing it to the 12.5 spread, they beat the Lions by 8, beat the Eagles by 6, beat the Bears by 11, beat the Rams by 21, beat the Jaguars by 20. So those two games they covered, but beat the Rams, uh, sorry, not beat the Rams, beat the Vikings by 8, beat the Bengals by 3, and beat the Falcons by 18. But that was dicey. Once again, you had a couple of red zone opportunities for Atlanta, and they came away with no points. So I do think the Texans can hang around in this game. Now, the main reason why is because Garoppolo's finger is clearly not right, and hopefully for him it's not right because he was awful. So at least he has an excuse in his back pocket. But I don't trust the Niners allowing this many points against a team that's actually won two in a row. Mills, I think, is not bad, and I do think that the Texans should be getting some guys back. I'm not officially sure if Cooks is going to play yet. That has not been fully announced, but the Texans should get more guys in the actual lineup compared to last week. I think that'll pay off, but the Niners will win. I'll have them winning by 10. I expect them to grind the clock, try to run it frequently. Texans are really not good against the run, so Garoppolo really should not throw the ball that much, but... I do think the Niners will play with their food a little bit, and the Texans will maybe score in the back door to cover, but I do think that they will lose this game by about 10 points. And as for the total, 44 sounds a bit right, but I'm taking the over. And the reasons why, the Texans cannot stop the run, so I think that the Niners should have some offensive success. At the same time, the Texans offensively have scored 30-plus points in each of the last two weeks. So the offense with Mills has looked better, and the Niners' defense, we saw, was a little bit underwhelming in the second half of the game against Tennessee. I think you'll see some, let's just say, issues with focus for this Niners team again because that's kind of been the story of the season. You can't see them play well for 60 minutes. They'll give you about eh, 35, 45 or so, but they'll have a couple of mental lapses which seem to always cause games to be closer than they should. I think that'll be one of the cases in this one. I think the Niners will end up opening up a lead. Then you'll see them take their foot off the gas, maybe a dumb fumble, a dumb interception by Garoppolo, and you'll see the Texans randomly hanging around. Are they going to win? No. I'm still taking San Francisco again. But give me a final score of 27-20. to 20. This game will be close, a bit high scoring, but I do think that the Texans will cover this number. But that has been this installment of... The Ben and Maria podcast here for Thursday, December 30th. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.